Morning, Jerry. Mr. Belcher, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm super. I'm enjoying the sun coming up earlier. I'm noticing the sun is coming up earlier, which means spring is around the corner. <laughs> or it comes up earlier, goes down later. Yep. <laughs> so how's how's this week uh, with pursuing new experiences? How's that uh, resonating with you this week, Paul? Um, in, in a few different ways, interestingly, but I think it's, um, I like the way you couched it, sort of staying prepared for any bump in business. Mm. Leaders actively pursue new experiences to allow them to learn and grow. And uh, that sounds, so my personality type, Jerry, reads uh, preparation into that. And you know how prepared and planned out I like to be. Yes. Uh, so I read, I read preparation into that. And, and that resonated with me, obviously. And I think it's interesting that we can push ourselves to, a, to the discomfort of taking on new stuff in the pursuit of actually finding comfort and being prepared. Isn't that an interesting dichotomy? It is. Yes. Yeah, it really is. And I should preface, and I, I keep, I keep re-engineering the conversation this week to say, obviously, I'm not talking about the extremes. So mm -hmm. somebody that's always, you know, an adrenaline junkie, that's always trying new experiences, but not sticking with anything. And then not somebody that's in the shadows, afraid of, the, afraid of their own shadows. So any of the extremes is not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about leaders like you and, and those that you're coaching and, and those of our peers that are um, that have developed uh, competency in certain areas over a long period of time. And it seems like it seems like when you disrupt that, um, it's a very healthy thing when you when you disrupt your daily routines. Agreed. Not always comfortable, but healthy. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm curious from your perspective, because you're somebody who doesn't at least appear to shy away from new experiences. Do you do it selectively? Do you have sort of criteria that you say this, this fits or doesn't fit? So I'm going to chase it. I imagine all of us do to some degree. I'm just wondering what your reflection is on that. Yeah. I, th I think my knee jerk would be to be things that I perceive will be enjoyable. And yet I believe that my greatest learnings are things that I perceive that will be more uncomfortable. <laughs> and so, so my, my default is to try new, new experiences that I perceive to be fun enjoyable um, as opposed to new experiences that might uh, that I might perceive being arduous or uncomfortable um, and yet you and I appreciate you putting me on the spot with that because I'm rifling through my Rolodex in my mind to give you a specific example um, mm -hmm. of you know pursuing something that was uncomfortable and, you know, epiphanies or learnings that came from it. Um, so I'd have to, I'd have to continue to think about that. Well, it's interesting. I think all of us, it's a natural, natural, um, you see it in animals, right? They veer away from things they perceive as dangerous. I think as people, we do the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we veer away from those things that seem dangerous and then in, a, in the time crunch world that we live in there's no 
lack of excuses that we can make, right? To say, well, I'm too busy to try that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm too busy to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, I just, I just, I just, uh, thanks for giving me a little bit of time to think about this. So <laughs> not suggesting I wasn't I'm listening. Here. I'm here for you, Jerry. I'm here Thank for you. you. <laughs> not to suggest I didn't listen to the last two minutes of whatever you had to say, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, on my honeymoon with my wife, um, she wanted to parasail and, um, I'm, uh, I used to be terrified of heights, um, if nobody else is listening, I'm, I'm still terrified of heights, but I'm trying to tell myself that I'm, I'm not terrified of heights. So my wife says, Hey, I want to parasail. And we're sitting on the beach looking up at these people parasailing. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And so my, as a matter of fact, my blood's starting to pump uh, rapidly right now. I feel my heart rate rise. Just thinking about it. Yeah. And so I, I, I look out, I'm standing on the beach and I look out and, um, I mean, these 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 people look to be in the clouds um, on this little uh, like it looks like dental floss holding them to the to a a boat. And um, and my wife wants to do that. And so I'm like, you know, quickly in my mind, can I muster up the courage to do this? And so I said, hey, I'll I'll do it. And so um, accelerating the story forward, we we ended up. Uh, parasailing and ended up uh, really high but we were in the uh, Cayman Islands and um, which is a small island but when we got to the height and I you know tried to relax it was very quiet up there by the way but I looked at the horizon and I could see all the way across the island into the you know the other part of the ocean or the bay and What's interesting is that I've used that. Um, I don't know that I've ever spoken this out loud, but in my mind, I've visualized that many times over the years that when I'm when I'm engaged in certain activities that I feel are just mundane or I feel uh, just like I'm, I'm in the weeds, that mentally I've got a place to go above um, that space and look at the horizon. And so ironically enough, that one new experience that I was terrified of has created over the past dozen years or so um, a frame of reference that I can visually see from a leadership perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's a that's one example of, you know, a new experience that um, I was able to take that experience and put it in my my repertoire of uh, reminders of looking at the horizon. And that's a great connection to this topic, actually, because as you were talking, I was listening. And Thank uh, you. <laughs> and the, what was coming into my mind was how different things can look when we change our perspective. Yes. Uh, and your perspective on the beach was one thing. And in the air, you completely changed your perspective. And things looked the same island, the same beach looked completely differently. And I mean, Mm -hmm. that folds perfectly into the idea of seeking out new experiences that ultimately probably the most powerful thing that we gain from them is a new perspective about old topics, (laughs) right? Right. Topics that we think we know a lot about, we can gain a new perspective about 
those topics by by changing our position by having a new experience that shifts that maybe challenges our old thinking in some way yes that's really good mm-hmm. that's, that's a great really story good. you've never told me that story jerry well i've never said it out loud after um, i don't know when we got cut off but um i'll just start right now actually so can you remember what you were talking about just a second ago <laughs> Um, so I think we were talking a little bit about perspective and how the, um, how changing new, new opportunities, new experiences add to your perspective and give you the ability to see old things in new ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's really, um, um, an important aspect of taking on new, pursuing new experiences because occasionally, or probably a lot of times we tend to resist some experiences because we think they um, go against something we already think or believe. And Mm -hmm. without, without sort of delving into that, there's no way to sort of get that other perspective and try to find out what the other person thinks. I I think, Mm -hmm. you know, modern politics is a great example of this. There's no, there's no attempt by either side of the aisle to actually understand what the other For side sure. wants. There's just, mm-hmm. uh, you said it, so therefore it must be wrong. So new yeah. experiences could take us into areas where maybe a shift in perspective actually brings a better picture, a whole, a better view. of. That's a really know. good point. Yeah. Find somebody that, find somebody that's completely different from you and your beliefs and engage them in conversation to say, hey, will you share your point of view? That, that would be a really healthy exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a difficult one. You got to find somebody who has the the um, maturity to be able to have a conversation like that, which can be difficult. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you can do it, then it certainly is. My father-in-law told me that he used to have a guy that he worked with, and they would intentionally pick a topic and bring it to work, and they had to argue the opposite side of the topic that they believed. And it caused them to think about a topic from a different side than they normally would. So whatever side they would naturally take, they had to take the opposite side and argue the side that was against what they believed. And uh, mm. that was, I think, how hard would that be sometimes? <laughs> wow. <laughs> but courageous to do it, right? Mm-hmm. For sure it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's very courageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where the yeah, gosh, that's where the the learnings or it might be relearnings. Um, um, I've been using the word epiphany, and this week and and um, pursuing new experiences um, seems to lend itself for me to have an epiphany. I don't I don't know that I have many epiphanies when I'm doing my routine that things that I'm unconsciously competent at. It sure. seems like the disruption, um, disrupting, uh, seems to be, seems to be key for, uh, new experiences. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, in, in, epif- in epiphanies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are, I, I recall one of the questions I asked, I don't know if you answered it. Um, when, when the, when we lost connection is, you know, how would you, if you were coaching somebody or mentoring somebody, um, how, how might you determine that they're in a rut, that they need to, 
that it would be helpful for them to, to try something new or to have a new experience? Usually, usually looking for unproductive positions, what we would call an unproductive position if someone is um, saying or believing something that isn't productive for them to hold that point of view. Mm -hmm. And I'll try to challenge them to see that thing from a different point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, because very often it's our old thoughts that are actually in the way of us getting past something that we find challenging. Mm -hmm. So get, getting, seeing something where someone tends to be stuck and they just won't explore a thing any further, um, that's generally where it's time to start challenging um, a view that they hold or a belief that they have in a certain thing. You know, one that comes to mind is you just can't find good people, right? We hear that, oh, yeah. we hear that one a lot these days. And is it difficult to find good people? Absolutely. But is it more likely that they just don't know how? That's more likely yeah. the issue. Uh, and so I just can't find good people is typically an unproductive position that's based in their fear of admitting that they don't know how to find good people. Mm -hmm. And so the important thing there isn't to shame someone with that. The important thing is to get past it to where you can go, well, okay, the, the issue isn't that this hard fact that I'm trying to promote that it's, you can't, it can't be done. The reality is I don't know how to do it. And then learning starts, right? Because then you go, well, then I need to figure out how. So if, the, if I don't know how is the problem, now I can learn how and we can actually make mm -hmm. progress. But as long as we hold, and I say we because we all do it, but as long as we hold the, uh, that, that onto that unproductive position, then we're not going to be able to move past it and get, get moving forward. Yeah, I, I wrote the word default statement. You know, I, mm -hmm. we see it all the time in the trades where people are like, hey, how are you? Busy, busy. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just a default. It's, you know, mm -hmm. how's how's business? Uh, fine. We're busy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the I think that's the I think that's what you get with with people that are saying, I just can't find good people. I can't find anybody that wants to work. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's almost, it almost becomes an ex like it excuses them from follow-up conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. To, to have a new experience might be a leader like yourself saying, well, um, if you could find good people, where might they be? Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. If this could work, you know, I know it won't work. I know you've, you've told me that it won't work, but if it could work, mm -hmm. um, how might it work? And that, that, that question um, can disrupt their, um, their line of thought. I, you, you've used a term and I, and, um, like in, when you're, when you're presenting, um, you try to, and I, I, I can't recall what you, you call it, where you're trying to d disrupt their thoughts, like intentionally mm -hmm. to get them to think about a different point of view or a different perspective. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, the word's not coming to my mind, but yes, you're right. You have to get someone to pause long enough and uh, engage with the idea that some other reality might be true. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when they're closed-minded, it, it is the, the the old parachute thing. You know, the, the mind works best when it's open, mm -hmm. um, as, and like a parachute. And so, um, and so to to again disrupt as a leader to tactfully, and this is it is tact because you can be a jerk 
and disrupt people's thought, but you're just creating a fight and they're not listening. Mm -hmm. And politics is a great example. Like being, being louder doesn't mean their mind is opening anymore. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, and so, yeah, to, to, as a leader, to intentionally engage people, um, to encourage them to consider a different point of view or a different perspective and many times a new experience, um, a new experience lends itself for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, you know, I'm sure you probably have your ways of going about creating or seeking out those new experiences. It can be difficult in a habit, as habit driven as we are to, mm-hmm. to take on those new experiences. So I'm, I'm curious for you, Jerry, are there any, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but are there any, yeah. I'm going to anyway, are there are yeah. there any intentional things that you do that help you seek out new points of view or new experiences? Yeah, the well, and it's interesting because the, the, when you're talking, I wrote the word courage, like it takes courage. So mm. I have to, um, I have to, and I'm an, I'm an extrovert, obviously. Um, and so I look at, uh, new experiences. So for instance, um, uh, my wife and I will be, uh, walking down the street and there'll be a little private, like it almost looks like a residence, but it says, you know, open to the public, you know, this quaint little house, that's a little museum, but, you know, there's not a lot of traffic there and I'm curious. And so I say to my wife, Hey, do you want to go into this house? And she says, well, no, nobody's going in. I would feel stupid. And so I actually look at that experience and I'm, and I'm wondering what's in the house, but I also have some fear, like not as much as not, not debilitating fear like my wife might have in this regard, but Um, But I have some anxiety looking at this house that nobody's walking into. There's a sign that says, you know, neighborhood museum. Um, And so I have the anxiety, but my curiosity is stronger than my anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I will frequently um, take action on areas where my curiosity is stronger than my fear And many times, many, many times, uh, my wife will thank me for, you know, uh, taking that that step of um, faith or um, overcoming my. She doesn't think I'm fearful in those situations. She thinks I'm just crazy and and curious. (laughs) And yet I do I do have some fear. I just have I just have forced myself to um, have the courage to to work through that fear, recognizing that many times in my past, that new experience will be beneficial. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, And so for me, in my mind, I've got a pattern, um, a well-worn pattern in my life of looking at some new experiences, counting the cost, still having some fear, but having the curiosity that overtakes that fear. I don't know if that specifically answers that question or not. Yeah, it does. It's it's interesting. I tend to, as you know, sort of brainstorm things down for these before we start. Just I, I like to, you know, what 
almost play that word game with myself where I just jot down whatever pops in my head as I consider the topic. And fear was one of the words I wrote down because I Ooh. thought, well, what is it that keeps most of us or some of us or all of us from taking on new experiences? And the first thing that came to mind was fear most of the time. So fear is at the root of a lot of things that we do oddly and things that we avoid. But I think for mm -hmm. most of us, fear in one shape or another, and a, a lot of people might interpret fear as like, oh my God, I'm scared of this or scared of that and have a hard time admitting it. But fear can be minor. It can be discomfort. It can be anxiety. And, uh, you know, in her book, Daring Greatly, Brene Brown talks about the fear of not being accepted into the tribe. We want to be accepted as human beings. We're, we're even introverts mm -hmm. are, uh, are we're tribal people, if you will, and that we need to be accepted as part of the group. And so uh, what mm -hmm. you were talking about with your uh, parasailing piece, and then I'm picturing your wife experiencing a similar feeling as you're saying, honey, let's walk into this house. She's probably yeah. experiencing a similar emotion to what you're talking about. And what popped in my head was the first time I spoke publicly, oh my God, I was scared out of my wits. And when I tell some people yeah. that today, they're like, I can't believe that. Uh, that doesn't make sense yes. to me. And I go, well, that's, you know, 10 years ago. So lots yes. of practice can get you past that. But I was almost frozen with fear. And so very often, I think it just comes down to the question is, are you willing to lean into the discomfort of learning something mm -hmm. new uh, at the risk of that fear and almost always the fear is mm -hmm. irrational you know and mm -hmm. and most people say they love learning new things and i think they do the, the difficulty is the reality as adults is that learning new things can be hard when it means swallowing our pride and being a novice again because mm -hmm. we become experts in certain fields and then when we have to become a novice to learn something new well then we then we don't feeling and we don't like others to see us that way mm -hmm. so we're afraid of being it's in, it, it yeah from a leadership standpoint um a leader a leader looks a leader might look at um task as i got to get this stuff done if a leader looks at a task and they got to get stuff done and they hit a sticking point where they're like gosh, I'm just struggling to get work through this issue. Um, and it, you know, from a leadership standpoint, it, you know, it could be very uh, people oriented. So you've got a, you've got a sticking point that you're trying to work through as a leader um, and, you know, trying to get through to this one person or something. And if you have the discipline to um, take a moment and say, okay, I need to disrupt again. I, I'm going to go try, I'm, I'm going to go do a, have a new experience. I'm going to go walk in the woods or I'm going to go, it was brought up this morning. I'm going to ask Bowser to borrow his kayak. I've never kayaked before. I'm going to ask to borrow his kayak and go out to East Fork Lake and, and kayak for the first time. Hmm. And when I'm disrupting my activity of dealing with this person or these people or whatever the situation is, and I borrow your kayak and I go out to East Fork that I've never done. Um, what seems to happen is the creativity, um, whatever is going on in my brain, 
way over my head to speak with any intelligence on the subject. But whatever's going on in my brain when I'm out there at East Fork with a kayak and a brand new experience uh, recharges, um, reinvigorates, um, and, and then, you know, again, epiphanies or enlightenment um, might come many times comes in dealing with this personnel challenge where I hit the sticking point when I disrupt, especially something extreme like that, um, that it, it, it is, I know as a leader, that's the right thing to do. I think what most leaders do is they just kind of just try to grind through the issue versus taking a step back, disrupting their thought, and getting, you know, finding a way to get creative things going in your brain again, you can approach this differently. Mm-hmm. Sort of like getting up in the parasail to change your perspective. So I would, for sure. So I would, I would actually, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I think what I would sort of split that apart is when leaders tend to behave that way, where grinding it out seems like the right choice. That's when they're, mm-hmm. that's when they're channeling their technician side of who they are because uh, technician thinking is what makes us just want to get things done, check off the list, check the boxes, Mm -hmm. grind it out. That's technician thinking. And when we can get on that parasail, back up, get a better view, that's when we're actually behaving like leaders is taking the Mm -hmm. big picture view and seeing what's the outcome, what's the big picture outcome of the things that feel like I need to grind through uh, mm-hmm. And that's where we actually gain more of a leadership perspective and a leadership approach to solving problems. Mm-hmm. Grinding through, while admirable for sure, uh, is is the technician side of us who's just get the work done, just get the work done. Mm-hmm. And the difficult part is, especially for new managers and leaders, is that that's their default, right? So we we often, again, we promote the best salesperson to be sales manager, and that may be a bad move because... For sure. Because they're good at sales doesn't mean they're good at managing people. And that sales person, rather than leading their sales team, their default is likely going to be to switch back into salesperson mode when things get tough, right? So I'll just, you've heard this phrase, I'll just do it myself. Yes. Yes. I've used that phrase a number of times myself. Yeah. (laughs) Just do it myself. Well, that's when a leader takes off their leader hat, puts on their technician hat and tries to go in and save the day as a technician. So I, I, that's why I love your story about the parasailing, because standing on the beach, the technician in you uh, could be scared to death of what's going on. Getting in the yes. parasail, you can get a completely different view of the overall picture and start to make mm-hmm. better decisions because you're looking at a different picture. That's good. Did you call that perspective thinking? You you could, uh, I would, we, in, in E-Myth, we call that entrepreneurial thinking. Okay. So, okay. You know, as you know, the three personalities in E-Myth are the entrepreneur, the manager, and the technician. And the entrepreneurial yeah. thinking is where you think strategically, systemically, how does this whole thing fit together? Uh, mm-hmm. And that gives you a whole lot more perspective, of course, about the why and the how it fits together and why I need to do it. And as you're, mm-hmm. as you're famous for focusing on the why of things, courage comes from why. It doesn't come from what. 
Mm-hmm. The courage to plot on comes from the why. The courage to run into a burning building comes from why would you do that? Well, my child was inside. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when there's a strong enough why, courage will appear. And, and leaders mm-hmm. have to provide that why to their teams and to themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and certainly the, um, yeah, what's the, what's the guys, uh, what's the speaker communicator that made that, that term so popular about your why? I just went blank. Dark hair, glasses, holy smokes. Oh, Simon what's Sinek. Simon, yes, yeah. thank you, mm-hmm. Lord. Start with one. Yeah, so the, um, yeah. So, yeah, and th- that's one of the pieces as well that I think is so powerful is that leaders learning from other leaders. I, I learn... Oh gosh, I learned so much. I, I think you can learn from, and I was challenged on this uh, recently that you can certainly learn from kids. You know, when you're, you're, you're talking to a five-year-old, there's learnings that you can experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet one of the things that I'm my, my reminder of how much I learn from you guys, people, other leaders that are, that are engaged in the battle. Um, the, 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 not discounting uh, coaching or, or mentoring, but coaching and mentoring from guys that are actually um, still in, involved in the battle is I, I seem to get so much more wisdom and insight. And I think that's one of the reasons that um, one of the reasons I, I would believe that you're effective, Paul, is that you're you're running a business and you're. So anyway, I think. healthy. For me, it's really enjoyable learning from people that are um, that are still engaged in the daily battle of business. Mm-hmm. So the dual perspective is yeah. certainly enriching. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Each love side, it, love each it. okay. Each side feeds the other, no doubt. For sure, for sure it does. Okay, I will. Uh, I got to jump. I will uh, look forward to our next conversation. And uh, as always, I enjoyed it. And thank you for your time. Likewise. Take care, Jerry. Have a great day. All right, buddy. You too. Bye-bye.